0: Welcome to episode 16 of Behind the Mission, a show that sparks conversations with Sycamore trusted partners and educational experts. My name is Dwayne France, and each week I'll be having conversations with podcast guests that will equip you with tools and resources to effectively engage with and support military service members, veterans, and their families. You can find the show on all the podcast players or by going to psycharmor.org forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us on Behind the Mission. Our work and mission are supported by the generous partnerships and sponsors who also believe that education changes lives. This episode is brought to you by PsychArmor, the premier education and learning ecosystem specializing in military cultural content. PsychArmor offers an online e-learning laboratory that's free to individual learners, as well as custom training options for organizations. You can find more about PsychArmor at psycharmor.org. This week, I'm having a conversation with Luke Larson, the president of Axon, a public safety and technology company. Luke joined Axon in 2008 and has filled a variety of executive management roles since then, becoming president in April 2015. Prior to joining Axon, Luke served two tours in Iraq as a Marine Corps infantry officer and was awarded a Bronze Star with V device on his first tour. You can find out more about Luke by taking a look at his bio in our show notes. Let's get into my conversation with him and come back afterwards to talk about some of the key points. So as a platoon commander in the Marine Corps, you weren't in law enforcement, and you were maybe loosely engaged in what could be considered public safety. How do you think your military experience influenced what your career path has been after the military?
1: So the the military has a great sense of service and purpose, and you really feel like you're working towards a good mission. At least I did when I was served in the Marine Corps. And so When I transitioned out of the Marine Corps, I was looking for an opportunity or a company that would still have that kind of purpose element to it. And at Axon, when I joined the company, it was called Taser. I was just really impressed by their outlook on supporting first responders and using technology to ensure everyone makes it home safe and also create the best outcomes. And that was a really inspiring mission to me and and resonated to me.
0: And so, in that role of trying to find something more to do with your life after the military, as you said, there is this sense of purpose and meaning. And there are a lot of different ways we can do that. But what about Axon's mission? I think really pulled you into that service after the military.
1: Yeah. Interestingly enough, when we were deployed overseas, we oftentimes would have situations where we might have collateral damage, meaning civilians are caught in, in the line of fire. No marine or military member that I, I served with wanted a situation like that to happen. We're always very conflicted about this dynamic. And so in looking to technology, we see different possibilities on how we could resolve similar situations but not have that collateral damage. And in surprisingly enough, the police are dealing with oftentimes more chaotic and intense situations than members of the military, and they don't always have the right tools or training. And that's an area where we want to create a device that's so good, that's so effective that it can help resolve those situations in the best way.
0: And obviously that does mean, yes, it it taking care of the public and making sure that there is no collateral damage. But in many ways for you, this is as much supporting your Marines. Like you said, they didn't want to experience that. They had whatever concerns there were and things like that. It is about as much taking care of the first responder as it is taking care of the public. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, in
1: a lot of these situations after the fact where force was used, a, a common phrase that we hear is, I didn't have an option. I didn't have a choice. And so we want to give them more options and more choices to create better outcomes.
0: And so some of this, in you're carrying on the mission, right? You're carrying on the mission of taking care of troops, taking care of people, because so many former service members transition out of the military and go into the first responder. My father left Vietnam and became a St. Louis city cop in the 70s. This is something that is very familiar, whether it's law enforcement, firefighters, paramedics, the first responder community really is a place where service members and veterans feel comfortable.
1: Yeah, no, I think it's a, I think it's a natural and a good progression. I, I don't serve public safety and wear a badge, but I do in my day-to-day job spend a lot of my time saying, how are things, lessons that I learned in the military applicable to this current situation? And it's certainly not 100% of the time. It's probably 50% of the time it makes sense and 50% of the time it doesn't make any sense. And, and you almost have to temper with some of that Training or rigor or hierarchy that the military is so known for. And I think the same dynamic applies. And as first responders, as military members transition into the first responder community is there's a lot of parallels. There's a lot of things that they can use but not all of them. And so being like really intentional and aware of this new uniform, new mission, I think is is really important.
0: And some of those parallels, uh, again, as you mentioned, uh, they are things like tactics and training, but it's also a camaraderie. It's another form of service. Going back to what you said before, it's a way to carry on service after your service.
1: Absolutely. that That's one thing I think the first responder community does very well that is is similar to the military is they really have a sense of esprit de corps and camaraderie that I think is really important in these professions where you have a lot of stress and you need the support. And so that, that's an area where I think first responders get it right. It's interesting, just in the last few years, de-stigmatizing mental health and you know mental illness, I think for everyone, but specifically public safety, is really important as they're working with communities where they might be experiencing Individuals that have these, as well as inside these communities. And, and even in my business and company today, we, we talk a lot about ensuring people take the time that they need if they need to take a mental health day. That's not a negative thing, that's a positive thing. And we really want people focused on their well being.
0: Yeah, I appreciate bringing that fact up because, again, going back to my father, we don't know where PTSD from Vietnam ended and PTSD from being a St. Louis city cop began. It it can compound maybe some of the stressors that someone experienced in Ramadi or Fallujah or Baghdad, and then you're experiencing similar but different situations back here, and it can really have an exponential effect on, on maybe the response to trauma.
1: Yeah. And that that's where I think you get back into this. I think when done right, you're able to provide people with resources where they can talk about those items. One of the things that's really difficult, I think, transitioning out of the military is this sense of who are my comrades, who are the people that I can joke around with and have unconditional space to vent about these things. And For a lot of people, when they transition out of the military, that goes away and that's hard. Just going back to this point about the first responder community, I think they share that element, which is really cool.
0: And and again, I think the idea of you as much taking care of the public with ensuring there are non-lethal means available, but also taking care of the individual, these situations where somebody maybe inadvertently, you said they didn't have any other choice, and it weighs on them so heavily, these are things that could be contributing to some of the mental health conditions. We're not having a national conversation around first responder suicide, although it is arguably as big of an issue as it is in the military.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's a great topic to to drill in on and make sure that, again, we're providing resources to individuals so they can get ahead of those situations. One area of Axon that I'm most excited about is we're working on uh, new virtual reality training. And in the military, they have nearly unlimited budgets and as we were training to go into Iraq and Afghanistan, the training that we received was phenomenal. In some cases, they would create these mount towns out in the desert. We'd have Arabic-speaking actors, and you'd patrol through. It was just amazing training. Obviously, the Special Forces community, Navy SEALs, Delta, are very well-known for their great training. And then flight simulation training is the best training for outcomes that there is. And when you look at law enforcement, the two big challenges that they're facing is they don't have the budgets that that the military has by any means. And they also lack time. In the military, you're training the majority of the time to operate a minority of the time. In policing, it's flip-flop. You are out operating the majority of the time and you might just get literally a few hours of training. And so What I'm really excited about with virtual reality is we can create these really high fidelity training scenarios. And I'm not just talking about shoot, don't shoot scenarios. I'm talking about mental health crisis. I'm talking about suicide prevention, talking about peer intervention, creating scenarios where you can have people experience things from maybe a different perspective or different racial point of view. And all of those experiences Then help them go out into the real world and and have better outcomes. And I think this is one of the really cool moments in time where this technology trend, virtual reality, is hitting a point where we can democratize it to police agencies and they're really going to benefit from it.
0: You know, that's really interesting. And you're absolutely right. Perhaps I hadn't considered it when I first got here to Fort Carson and we stood up a new unit. And eight months later, we were in Iraq. And it seems a quick turnaround. For that eight months, we were doing nothing but training for the thing that we did later. And I've heard people describe, say, law enforcement as it's 365 mini deployments when you walk out that door, but you don't have the same kind of training. But there is a lot of the same dangers there. And an innovative use of virtual reality is, it's not a low stress, but there is a low risk and you're able to iterate failure easily. Absolutely. And and we're seeing this virtual reality training be used in
1: highly technical scenarios like training doctors how to do certain surgical procedures, training divers to go get dive tested. You've got to pass a very specific Requirements And the data shows when you go through virtual reality, when you then do the actual test, the odds of being successful dramatically increase. And we think the same thing can be applied to law enforcement scenarios where the first time they're dealing with a situation is not out in the real world on one of these mini 365 deployments that you talked about. It's, hey, I've gone through this. I've got a mental model in my head. I know the steps that I can take. And as in the military, one thing that you learn really quick is when stuff happens, you default back to your training, you're going back to your training. And so I think that same dynamic applies in public safety as well as, hey, there, if we train people how to do things one way out in the real world, that's the way that they're going to do them. And so I'm really excited about this virtual reality capability because I think it's going to broaden the training capabilities for law enforcement in a
0: dramatic way. And again, to be able to support the public in the best way possible. Obviously, there is a need for law enforcement. There's a need for firefighters and and paramedics. And, And Axon is really maybe best known for its flagship product, the Taser, which is that other option that you talk about with Collateral Damage. But really, it's grown to be much more than just that one product. And it, it includes, what you're talking about the virtual reality, technical support, and even social support through Axon 8.
1: Absolutely, yeah. The company's most well-known for our Taser device. We're really proud of the technology that we've developed with Taser. We've saved over 200,000 lives from death or serious injury and we're not done. We're continuing to invest in the next generation of tasers. And our ultimate goal would be we want to obsolete the bullet. We want to create a device that's so good, that's so effective, that you choose that over a lethal force option. And uh, similar to the way Tesla is looking at disrupting fossil fuel vehicles, you know, we're not pro-gun or anti-gun. We, we're pro-Second Amendment. We think it should cover the taser as well. But we think this is a technology problem. Like, like 500 years ago, people were walking around with swords. And if you went to somebody and said, I'm going to take away your sword, that would be, you'd be considered a heretic. Today, no matter where you sit on the political spectrum, I think that most people would agree you need different force options for public safety in these really intense situations. And we believe we're the company that's going to do it. So we're really excited about continuing to invest and develop our Taser technology. We also are the market leader in wearable cameras and digital evidence management system. 10, 12 years ago, the iPhone had just come out. And I know don't, don't, when it came out, it was not clear that everyone would have an iPhone. But it was 500 bucks. I remember saying only rich people are going to have iPhones. So no, no normal person can spend... Five hundred bucks on an iPhone. What happened is in basically 2008 to 2011, in a short time frame—two, two years, two and a half years—everyone adopted smartphones, including you know my mom was was somebody I thought would never get one, and, and she within two years she had it an iPhone. And so now that all of uh, the populace is. Carrying these phones that can record video and post immediately to the internet on services like Facebook or Twitter, we really saw an important role in saying, How can we ensure that we're providing video footage with police officers so we get the incidents leading up to the event? We get all the context. And ultimately, this is an objective truth. And today, our body cameras are deployed by the majority of police agencies in in the United States, as well as Canada and the UK. And that's something that we're, we're really proud of in terms of creating transparency and trust with communities. I think the video really helps. You mentioned Axon Aid, and Axon Aid is a great program we have here at Axon. It was actually proposed, we have a program called the Leadership Development Program, where we hire young, recent college grads. We also... Uh, recruiting a few veterans through that program. I actually went through the program. And one of our recent leadership development candidates, a lady named Bella, actually came to the leadership team and said, hey, I think we should support first responders in really intense situations like a hurricane or a tornado and have a capability to offer some of our services when they need them most. And so that was the genesis of our Axon aid program. Going into the pandemic last year in late March, early April timeframe, about a year ago today, that same team did a program called Got You Cover, where we mobilized our supply chain to acquire personal protective equipment as the pandemic was breaking out. And we were able to donate millions of masks to first responders across the United States. And, and that was really cool to be a part of.
0: And it sounds like there is the intersection between technology. Right And that's really what this virtual reality, the next generation taser, all of these different things are related to the technology is now at a place where we can do these things and having a need so that there is a need out there for the body cameras, obviously for supporting the first responders, but also the innovation. So those three things together seem to be a place where Exxon is really trying to make a difference. definitely.
1: Our mission at axon is to protect life. Our vision is we want to. Obsolete the bullet, but we have some other key strategic priorities as well, Dwayne. We want to reduce social conflict. We also want to enable a fair and effective justice system and build for racial equity, diversity, and inclusion. And so these four strategic objectives for us is really the lens that we measure what are the initiatives that we're going to focus on or not focus on. And you're never going to see Axon selling boots or belts or anything like that. We're a technology company, and we believe technology is not a panacea. It's not a silver bullet. You don't get to wave a wand and everything's good because you have some gadget or, or, or device. However, we emphatically believe technology has to be a part of the solution. And it's really exciting, the work that we're doing across not only the tasers, but also the cameras. We've got a couple really cool product launches that are coming up later this year that I'm excited about. And that's what drives us and motivates us.
0: It's uh, lofty goals, necessary goals. Absolutely. So if folks wanted to hear more about Axon and, and the work that Axon is doing, how can they find that out?
1: So I would encourage them, we're always looking for phenomenal people that our mission and vision resonate with. We built an incredibly talented team. We recruit in people from the best companies and schools and programs in the world. And so if you're interested in learning more, go to our website, axon.com, and we'd love to hear from you.
0: Yeah, that's great. I'll make sure that those are in the show note. Luke, it was really great to be able to have you on the show today.
1: Dwayne, thank you so much. It was a great discussion.
0: Once again, we would like to thank this week's sponsor, PsychArmor. PsychArmor is the premier education and learning ecosystem specializing in military culture content. PsychArmor offers an online e-learning laboratory that's free to individual learners, as well as custom training options for organizations. There's a lot of discussion about law enforcement in our country. This is an extremely important topic, an emotional topic, even a sensitive topic. It's also closely involved with the topic of race and ethnicity, which in and of itself is also important, emotional, and sensitive. There's a need to have a discussion in our country about what has been done wrong and what has been done right. One thing that I believe both sides can agree on is there needs to be a solution that benefits everyone, and one path to that solution may be training and understanding. Human nature causes us to distrust what we're not familiar with. That is the immediate emotional response, to be suspicious or confused about someone who thinks differently than us. This is not just about race, but also about age gender, sexual orientation, and yes, even the divide between those of us who served or were affiliated with the military and those who have it. I don't have the solutions to much of anything, but certainly not to the complicated issue of public safety and respect for diversity in our country. What I do know is that one of Luke's points in our conversation, training, could be a part of that solution. When the modern military prepares for a deployment, we go through extensive training. As I mentioned in the show, we trained for eight months before we deployed to Iraq in 2006. From my perspective, that was really, really fast. But from another perspective, that's really extensive. For my second tour in Afghanistan, I was in Fort Polk for three months, training as a member of an advisory team to the Afghan Ministry of Defense. We received classes in Dari and Pashto. We went through role-playing exercises with Afghans to gain familiarity with those we would be working with. Even having been in Afghanistan less than a year before, I took the time to learn more about their history and culture. Bridging the gap between what we know and what we don't is critical to bridging the immense divisions in our country. Yes, that means ensuring that public safety is not forgotten. And yes, that means that someone interacting with law enforcement should not be literally afraid for their life. Both of those things are true. One is not more true than the other, and we have to make both a priority. Perhaps more training, more realistic training, is an opportunity to do so. And that leads me to the other point that I would like to make. How technology has advanced to such a stage where that training is possible. A point that we discussed at the end of our conversation is how three things come together. A need for a different solution to address a problem, the technology to provide that different solution, and the innovation to apply that technology to the problem. Sometimes, problems aren't solved in the most efficient way because the technology isn't right. I heard a story about Brad Bird, the director of The Incredibles. In the first movie, he wanted to have the baby turn into a pile of goo. Unfortunately, the technology required to animate that wasn't ready yet. It simply wasn't possible to do with the computer animation technology available at the time. Incredibles 2 was produced and released 12 years later, and the technology advanced to such a degree that they were able to have the baby turn into a pile of goo during a fight with the raccoon. It may seem a silly comparison, but the analogy applies. Brad Bird had a problem that he wanted to solve and the innovation to see it in his mind, but he lacked the technology to apply it. As Luke said, virtual reality is one way to address these training gaps. I recall early attempts at virtual reality military training. Before my deployment to Bosnia in the mid-90s, members of my company were sent to a training site for a couple of days to test out a convoy simulator. This was based on existing technology to train tank drivers. They wanted to test to see if it could be used for other purposes. When you climb into the simulator, it looked like we were driving vehicles through a Minecraft landscape. We spent two days crashing into each other and driving off cliffs. Not a very effective training other than learning how not to do things. But flight simulation is a great example of when it's done correctly. Much more recently, within the last five years, I've been able to be in on some flight simulators that look eerily realistic. During one session at Fort Carson, the pilots took us on a flight through Garden of the Gods. For those of you who don't know it, this is a beautiful location with rocks that have been there for millions of years, and no helicopter would be allowed to weave in and out of the rock formations. Again, as Luke mentioned in the episode, the old quote is that we don't rise to the level of our expectations, we fall to the level of our training. We fall back on what we learned through repetition— If what we have learned are bad habits and incorrect behavior, then we are going to engage in that behavior. Neuroscience tells us that our brains will adapt to repetition and adapt itself to what we learn over and over. There's a quote by 20th century philosopher Will Durant, which is often misattributed to Aristotle. We are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, then, is not an act, but a habit. One of the ways to solve some of these problems is repeated exposure in a safe environment, which is where technology, innovation, and need are converging. Speaking of training and making excellence a habit, organizations in the first responder space who are looking to increase their familiarity with military and veteran culture can increase their understanding through PsychArmor's Veteran Ready Certificate Program. Nearly 200 organizations nationwide utilize PsychArmor's educational platform to ensure staff and volunteers are better prepared to interact with the military and veteran communities. PsychArmor certificate programs help improve efficiency, reduce costs, and increase revenue. PsychArmor's cost-effective certification program allow organizations to share PsychArmor courses, track completions, and become veteran-ready with a digital certificate and badge that they can proudly showcase on their websites. Certificate programs include Veteran-Ready Organization, Veteran-Ready Healthcare Provider, Veteran-Ready Healthcare Organization, and a customized Veteran-Ready Certification. To be part of the national effort to assist our military-connected community, go to psycharmor.org or follow the link in the show notes. So thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode. Make sure to take a look at the show notes, which you can find at psycharmor.org forward slash btm16, as well as on the PsychArmor website. You will find the link to everything we talked about in today's show, as well as hundreds of online training videos delivered by nationally recognized subject matter experts who are committed to educating the civilian community about military culture. All of these courses are free to individual learners. Thank you for joining me on this episode and for continuing to join us on this journey. You wouldn't be listening if you didn't care, and it's that curiosity and passion for supporting service members and their families that we want to encourage and increase. Come back each week for another conversation, and make sure to engage with PsychArmor on social media to let us know what you think about the show. I'd like to express special thanks to Operation Encore and Navy Seahawk pilot Jerry Maniscalco for our theme song, Don't Kill the Messenger. This show was produced by Headspace and Timing, and all rights to the show remain reserved by PsychArmor. Feel free to share the show. In fact, we would like for you to do that, but make sure you let folks know where you heard it. Join us next time for another great episode, and until then, stay aware, get educated, and be well.